Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. We are talking about something that we talk about a lot today, and that is all things quizzes, specifically for lead gen. Quiz funnels. Because funnels, they email better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've been on a lot of podcasts on this topic, and that is likely why it is not coming up on our own podcast until episode seven. Because in my head, the story I'm telling myself is nobody wants to hear me talk about quizzes anymore. <laughs> But not true. Everyone's asking still. Everyone's still asking on how do I know that? Well, I have my own quiz, which leads to some emails, which invites people to fill out a survey, which invites them to ask questions, tell me what they want from me. And quizzes are still at the very top of that list. So even in our um, podcast survey too, that's like, we haven't gotten that many responses on what people want, but they're like tips on quizzes um, to which Shanti's like, haven't I already put that out there on the internet? But I think um, since it is sort of, uh, was your inception point, if that's the right word into, I guess, uh, copywriting stardom. How, how does that sound? You've even <laughs> been called the quiz queen on more than one occasion, regardless of how you guys should see her face right now. Uh, comfortable you you feel about uh, about being the empress of empathy? Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh! Well, I am obsessed with sovereignty, so I <laughs> that's right. Sovereignty over one um, and, and, and the children. Yeah. And speaking of sovereignty, quizzes really have been, I think, the way that you have been able to become more independent of the cog in the machine business world. Right. So, yeah, let's dig into what is going on with quizzes for lead generation with Shanti Zach. Yeah. So if you want to learn some of the very basics, there are lots of resources available to you. I would say the podcast where I really pull back and start from the start is the one I did with Amy Porterfield 
earlier this year, and we will link that in the show notes. That's a great starting point. I think for the purpose of this episode, if we go a bit deeper and address some specific questions that come up in my world again and again, and also speak to the evolution of my own relationship to this interesting random ass marketing strategy (laughs) that yes, I do owe so much to and am still fascinated by, but, but that relationship has changed a lot in regards to why. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about one of the key themes that I see coming up again and again in questions people ask me in my students' work is, well, great. I, I am happy to have a quiz that gets me thousands of leads every month. But if those leads don't turn into buyers, there's a problem and, and it doesn't really matter how big my email list is, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you create quizzes that ultimately lead to sales and sales, you know, just being a synonym for transformations. Love it. So I'll ask you the question that you think everyone already knows. Uh, the answer to how did you stumble upon quizzes for lead gen, Shanti Zach? <laughs> I loved our conversation with Rye, which will come out before this episode. Mm-hmm. So everyone can go check out episode six with Rye, where in first half hour, I think we talked about stories and how the stories are constantly changing in your own head. And every time you tell them, there's like another layer and different meaning. And, but we are so used to just repeating the same script, the same story that we keep saying it. And this is definitely a story that I've said many, many times. So I will just give you the skinny version which is I was a freelance copywriter before foraying into the quiz world. And I started with a food blog and realized it was hard to make money with a food blog. So that was sort of my portfolio into the world of writing, which I started with writing articles and then realized Nobody wants to pay an appropriate amount for how much work is going into this article on, you know, 50 ways to use coconut oil with all the references and, oh my gosh, so ridiculous. So I found copywriting and suddenly there was this way of writing and using that skill that it was actually quite valued. And I struggled to build that business even though I thought I was sort of niched into the health and wellness world, it was still such a struggle fest. I was just so all over the place. My income was like roller coaster revenue, hundred percent. And it was really hard. I was like the sole breadwinner at the time, only had one kid at the time, but still it was a lot. So I got offered this full-time position in a spiritual development company and jumped on that and was in charge of so many things that were really like outside of my actual wheelhouse, but that I just rose to the occasion for. And that was like creating courses, all the content, 
And then the email funnels or sales funnels that would go with those that would sell them. So everything from the top of funnel lead gen strategy to all the sales emails, the strategy behind that and the sales page, like all of it. So they had been, you know, using pretty standard lead gen strategies, like download this free audio meditation, free webinars, but they weren't webinars. They were like tele-seminars or something super old school, guides, checklists, stuff like that. And nothing worked super well. So I had the creative freedom to try new things. And I thought, let's just try a quiz. So we did. And it was by far the most successful lead gen strategy this company had ever had, I think, even before I was working with them. And that just really shocked me because it wasn't like the quiz that I wrote was all that good. I did not know what I was doing, (laughs) but it still was, was just so effective when we got so much feedback and we got this cost per lead for, with the Facebook ads that was like unheard of. Mm. So that sort of told me I was onto something. And then the dynamics in that company shifted myself and a few other people got let go. And it was like no notice at all. Suddenly, you know, I have like no eggs in any other baskets. Mm. I've got a kiddo to feed and take care of and no other clients. The freelance business that I'd had before I'd kind of like abandoned. Mm. So I was at this like starting over point and I knew I needed to have a solid niche. And the thing I could really think of that I had success with was this quiz. And then I created another quiz for them too, that also did really well. So that was the starting point. And from there, I just asked the question, if this worked in this industry, will it work in other industries? And went ahead and started experimenting with that. I love it. And it worked in other industries too. How long ago was that, that you wrote that first quiz? Cause it's, you know, when we're recording this, it's December 13th, 2021. So do you remember when, what year that was? I want to say 2017. Sure. But time. Yeah. Eludes me right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, how is it almost 2022? I'm not What's sure. Going on. I think I mostly was hanging out with you though during the last couple of years. So (laughs) time has definitely like moved quickly and there we have moved through many quizzes and the rest of the funnel since that time. Yeah. So since that time, either 2017 or 2018, it's really been the foundation for your whole business. Hey. Yeah. And we do other things, but most, most of what we do is like, quiz funnel related, even if it's like someone already has a quiz and then we write the rest of the funnel for it or what have you. And, and yeah, I mean, it's also created like sovereignty for me, even before when I was just subcontracting uh, for you, just like knowing what to do with quizzes or how to write the emails afterwards is the same reason that I was able to like go deep into the copywriting world and really like learn how to craft, I want to 
call back that conversation with Rye too, but like craft like these like persuasive sales sequences that were more about coaching the conversion based on like what you know about people rather than like just throwing in deadline timers and like screaming in all caps or what have you. Not that I would say that's the only uh, way to be persuasive outside of, um, I guess the, the empathy marketing system, but yeah. And you've seen some crazy results with lots of the quizzes that you've, you've, you've written or that the team have written. Yeah. It's really, it's really neat to see, uh, from the back end and then to see like people getting excited about it and like being on like, you know, cause of course we follow our clients on like Insta or what have you. And I love it when they start posting their quizzes and then their people are like, Oh my God, you totally get me. This is amazing. I really am like this person, the helper, or, you know, I really do see magic and that is where my art comes from. So yeah, I guess it's pretty gratifying because I feel like if we were just like writing PDFs, we would not have that same like sensation of seeing people really connect with what is really a lead magnet, like a a, a deeper experience, but, but a, a lead magnet, you know, a, an attempt to get people who are following you or from ads or what have you to buy in to your company and your message and yeah, the transformation that you offer people. So what's the difference between a Shanti Zach quiz and a Buzzfeed quiz say? A Buzzfeed quiz is, and we're going to link you guys to a free training that goes deep into this and the differences between the quizzes for lead generation and ultimately to increase your sales and revenue versus a quiz that's designed to just attract clicks and traffic and companies that get paid based on ad impressions. Really, whoever has the most clickbaity title wins and whoever can keep people on that page the longest wins And so BuzzFeed and other websites like it that use quizzes as a traffic strategy, they are winning because people love that shit and they stay on the page longer because they're engaged, they're answering questions and they, they are appealing to the same thing that we're appealing to with a quiz that's designed for audience building and lead generation. Mm. And that is, you know, someone's ego, basically. And, and that's not like a diss to mm-hmm. anyone who's in the spiritual community where we think ego is like the worst thing ever. It is what it is. And we all have an ego. And that really is just like, our survival mechanism for knowing who we are and yeah individuation (laughs) like if you're gonna play from a spiritual realm like your your ego is like the reason or maybe not the it isn't the reason but you have an ego because if you simply are uh consciousness hiding from itself and, and playing the game of life then the ego is Simply your individuation from the the sea of beingness that is all things. So it's right. not necessarily like being a narcissist, although no, no, no. 
part of maybe what makes us interested in quizzes is learning more about ourselves, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And that can be like a really healthy urge. And it's quite insatiable, that curiosity that we have Mm -hmm. about who we are. Like, it's never ending. Yeah. And it spans so many facets and areas of our lives too, which I think is why quizzes are effective in so many different Mm. realms and industries. It's like, oh, maybe you know what your overarching personality type is, but you don't know how you operate best in a romantic relationship or Mm. what unique supplement regimen you need for balancing your hormones. Like there's so many different lenses that we can look at that through, but the basic mechanism of why they work, BuzzFeed or something super strategic that in the end is leading to a $10,000 program is that desire to know thyself. Yep. I love it. You know, I'm here for it. So what does it mean to have an effective quiz then? Yeah, this is an interesting wording. I find it comes up a lot, this Mm -hmm. idea of effective. I don't just want a quiz. I want an effective quiz. So people might call me the quiz queen, but really, Mm -hmm. really, if I am a queen, it is of the effective quizzes. Right. (laughs) Because what that means is that eventually, ideally, a percentage of those people that you bring into your world turn into a client or a customer Mm -hmm. and you can help them in a, in a much deeper way. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's an effective quiz Mm -hmm. is that yes, it builds your list, but not just with lollygaggers who want a whole bunch of free stuff and who actually have no interest in anything else that you're doing aside from this cool quiz that you put out, but that no, the quiz is just the appetizer for the main course. And mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny for you to call one of our quizzes an appetizer when so often when we deliver them to clients, they're like, whoa, this is a very big thing that you've just given us. So it's like a, it's like a, a cheese plate or something, you know, cheese plate and charcuterie with. Like, oh Yeah all of the accoutrement, like homemade, you know, mustard from seeds you grew in your garden and like the perfect jams and honeys to go with the blue cheese and, uh, you know, nice acidic pickles to cut the like salami or something. Um, yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so good. We yeah. both work at this restaurant in Edmonton, called Vaughn's and they had some pretty epic charcuterie boards Mm. yes the charcuterie board that is the quiz appetizer is even more epic it is like homegrown (laughs) farm to table everything and yeah yeah clients are usually like what you want me to read (laughs) 150 pages <laughs> and designers are like 
can you you want this to be be a PDF, right? Because nobody reads this much on the internet. But we are here to say to you today that people do read that much on the internet if it is written in a compelling way that like connects with the transformation that they're looking for. It's Uh, yeah. If it's relevant and the more relevant it is and the more specific it is to who they are, to their situation, the more interested they're going to be. And that is why quizzes work Mm -hmm. so well Mm -hmm. is we can, we can go there and give someone something that is highly customized. That's all about them. And that's far more engaging than just a 5,000 word article on some random topic that, mm. yeah, maybe most people won't read that, but even that is an assumption. Yeah. I, I feel like we have mastered the art of crafting copy and formatting it in such a way that mm-hmm. it appeals to different personality types, even within one quiz result. Yeah. So if you've got like your dominant types who are just gonna skim that page and maybe something will catch their attention and they'll go deeper, they're just gonna be looking at like the bolding, the headlines, the bullet points, mm-hmm. infographic or something, the visuals, and that is maybe gonna pull them in. And then mm-hmm. there's like the really more emotionally driven type of person who wants stories and context and depth. And so there's something for them in there. And then there's the analytical type of person. And of course we all have layers of each of these within ourselves. So it's not like you're one or the other where we're speaking to like data and showing visuals of that. And, you know, so within that result, we're also still attempting to bridge that divide Mm -hmm. and create a connection with many different types of people. Yeah. And I think we're also um, moving people through some of the stages of awareness and introducing people to the person whose quiz it is in the quiz. I think a lot of the time a lead magnet might just be created for one stage of awareness, but in a long form quiz result, we have the ability to go deeper than that. And yeah, like you said, like catch that, like that dominant logical person right at the top with the answer to their quiz question and then go deeper into it and, and also take people through that belief bridge that you speak about in, in any funnel where you are moving people through some of their objections, but also providing chances for transformation right away, right away in the lead magnet. And most of, or all of the quizzes that I've written with you or been part of the team writing, we really see this distillation of what our clients offer people into like an easy win that people can take right away into their life. I mean, it might not be that easy because it might be like reflecting, but the action steps are there that are totally viably, like you could read the quiz and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that one thing and and see how that works for me. And I think that plants a seed of working with people down the line in a way that like a, a PDF checklist might not 
even if it's a checklist in the quiz, like even if part of the quiz is a checklist, it's like we are able to give the context to uh, why and how with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's maybe backpedal a bit I love to it. that effective word and meaning and how do you how do you do that? Got it. So this is just so common. Someone gets an idea for a quiz. It's really fun and they run with it, but they skip the part where they make sure that that idea is connected to what it is they actually sell and provide for people. Yeah. So then there's a disconnect. People take the quiz. Yeah. It's fun. It's appealing to them and they're, they've grown their email list a ton, but when it comes time to open the doors to whatever, maybe they've got a course and it's crickets. So really what I'm always bringing the focus back to is the importance of basically starting with the end in mind and Mm. reverse engineering from there. So what is the big goal here? And there are different types of quizzes. So with a signature quiz, you might be trying to attract people who would be a fit for any number of the things you offer. Maybe you have multiple offers. So you need a topic that's going to be attractive to your broader audience at large. And then you need questions that are going to help you determine and segment what they actually need. Mm -hmm. So for a signature quiz, would that say like Jenna Kutcher, what's your secret sauce? Is that more of a like a signature quiz where as I think recently I saw her put one out and it maybe it was about an email list or something, but it was, it was way more uh, granular than like your secret sauce, which could lead to almost anything. Yes, exactly. So that's a topic that's interesting to her whole audience. But then she has courses on Instagram, Pinterest, email marketing, podcasting. So within Mm -hmm. that quiz, and this was like years ago now, but it's still like the main list builder on her site, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we could determine, well, of, of these things, what are you most interested in? What do you need help with the most? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. And from there, you can then offer the most relevant path forward through your emails once someone gives you their email. So that's an example of a signature quiz, whereas a launch type quiz is usually going to be designed to attract people into the ecosystem for mm-hmm. a specific offer. Mm-hmm. So an example of this, and we can link to these in the show notes, is I did a quiz for Melissa Griffin and it was on your email list building personality. Mm -hmm. And then that led into her course on email marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I mean, that that makes me think of like, you know, you first do your signature quiz and then later on in the funnel, it's like you could, you figure out what the people are most interested in and then offer them like the next level of quiz for sure. Yeah, totally. And there's lots of different purposes. There's e-commerce quizzes that 
are sort of like a bridge between both of those worlds because with e-commerce, most of the time you're going to have more than one Mm. product that you sell. So you can still like attract people who are going to be interested in your general line of products Mm -hmm. and then give them some recommendations. And, or if you wanted to promote a specific product, say you like sold mala bead necklaces Mm -hmm. and it's Mother's Day, you could have a quiz, which necklace should you get your mom this Mother's Day? Mm -hmm. And you could even go as far as like within that result, there's something specially curated for your mom that you can like give to her with the necklace that gives her insight into her is and like lifts her up and so it's like little added bonus things like that, that you can do. Yeah. There's a lot of possibility in there. And another example, I just did a quiz last week. That's not out yet. It might be out by the time we release this episode, mm-hmm. but it was for Amy Porterfield and it's not even a lead generation quiz. Mm-hmm. It's for people who land on her podcast page. At this point, she has like over 400 podcast episodes And they're like, oh God, where do I even start? There's Mm. so much here. What's going to be most helpful for me based on where I'm at in my, in my business journey. I love that. That quiz is designed to give them a curated podcast playlist based on where they're at. Mm. So cool. That's um, something that we're working on too in the onboarding for interact is like just a simple, small quiz that people can take right at the beginning to like show them what steps they need. Like someone who already has a quiz written is going to need an entirely different thing than someone who has a quiz idea. And somebody who has a business that's like further along might be writing a different sort of quiz than someone who doesn't like, who maybe like is just like an influencer with an audience, but doesn't know what the offer should be yet. So yeah, that's pretty, pretty fun. Like the different places that we can go to it. In your opinion, what do you think it is that like makes a quiz into a conversion machine instead of uh, simply like an an attention grabber email stealer? Yeah, well, I think as with most things in conversion copy, it's really the more specific Mm -hmm. it is, the better it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And beyond specificity is the ability to inspire emotion. Mm -hmm. Like that's another layer of that, which the two are kind of hand in hand. But yeah, the more broad and general, like, sure, you might get more emails, Mm -hmm. but likely won't get more sales. So the more hyper-specific and relevant the more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it might not like be like, wow, I'm getting two cent leads on, on Facebook with Facebook ads or something. I have a, I have a friend who I helped her write like a really specific quiz, but it wasn't growing her list fast enough. So she just changed the title to what's your mind body type. And then all of a sudden she had insane like email list growing so fast, but hardly any of those people were actually interested in what, in what she offers. So it's, 
like what she's working on now is finding that balance place in between the two where she's attracting enough people, but they're also like quality leads who maybe want to invest 300 to a thousand dollars a month on a certain type of like spiritual and self-development offer, which, yeah, I think it can be kind of hard, but with your quiz, if you have the right questions in there, you might even be able to tell like who are the right people to connect with and then which ones you might maybe let go from your email list sooner than later, send them your, your uh, list scrub sequence sort of ASAP or invite them to unsubscribe sooner than later, which is something that you've taught us to do too on the team for like quiz results, emails and things like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, ideally you can avoid a situation where you're bringing in the wrong people entirely. Mm -hmm. Often you'll be bringing in people who are interested in what you have to offer if you follow that reverse engineering thing, but maybe they're not quite there yet. I've had this experience with my own email list and with clients where people don't buy for two or three years, but by the time they do, they were like, yeah, I've been following you for this long and just kind of waiting for the right time. So it's a long game strategy as well as a short game strategy, because if you've got the right things in place, if people are at a place where they're just ready to take action and move forward, you can facilitate that in a faster way too. So I don't love this wording around this, but I've yet to find a better way of phrasing it. But let's talk about like conversion mechanisms. Mm. And when Mm -hmm. I say conversion, I mean like sales. Yeah. And what that means. And a lot of people are confused and they think the quiz is the conversion mechanism. And once someone takes the quiz, that's all they need and they'll be ready to buy. And most of the time, that's not the case. That's not true all of the time. We have had clients where they've, or students even, where they've launched their quiz and two days later, they've got like people lining up out the door to actually give them money and work with them. Mm -hmm. And not just like low ticket stuff either. Like I remember when Becky Keene launched her quiz and she like got... 30 grand in Mm -hmm. coaching clients and someone signing up for her in-person retreat in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that happens, but I wouldn't expect that. Mm -hmm. Like it is a big jump to go from asking someone for two minutes of their time and to like, just give you a chance really. Yeah. Because this is a great way to bring new people into your world who are not familiar with you at all. Mm -hmm. Those people owe you nothing. They do not trust you. They do not yet like you. They (laughs) like, you have to prove yourself to them. Mm -hmm. So the quiz is a nice, gentle way of doing that because they get a lot of value in return if you Mm -hmm. do it right. And it does not take a lot of time, but that's not to say that in that short amount of time, you're going to completely convert them into someone who's ready to actually buy from you. So how do you do that? Well, with a more time heavy, typically conversion mechanism. So usually that's 
some sort of next step in the form of a webinar or inviting them to a challenge or a video series or really just getting to know you and how you can help them on an even deeper and more intimate level and them having enough faith in you based on this amazing resource that you've just given them that ideally just blew their minds and exceeded their expectations. Mm-hmm. And now they're willing to jump on an hour long webinar with you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where you speak to, all right, if you're ready to whatever, mm-hmm. here's this opportunity that I have. And you can pitch your, your program if that's what you're doing and, or invite someone to a sales call. Like that's also a big leap to go from quiz Mm-hmm. straight to sales call. And that's something that we don't see a ton of success with because it is a big jump from two mm-hmm. minutes to getting on a call with someone you don't know, really. Mm-hmm. Especially and these not days. knowing what to expect. Like, yeah. 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 This, I feel like we've been talking around it, but it really brings me to this question of like, where does the quiz fit in your empathy ecosystem and your empathy marketing ecosystem? And I think like what you're speaking to is it fits in a number of places. Like, yes, for lead gen, but probably a big reason that Becky's quiz did that so well is also that people who were like sort of teetering got enough of like Becky from that quiz. And she's so cool, right? They were probably like, okay, I'm totally ready. I've been listening to her. I like her. And I know sometimes it is cold leads for sure too, but a lot of the time that like ROI that you see right, right away might be because some seeds have been planted and that like the quiz is like the fertilizer that, that takes it to the next level. Whereas for other people, the quiz might be seed and fertilizer, like that TikTok that you sent me with the, um, the carrot seeds in the corn starch mush or what have you. It like keeps them separate enough and hydrated enough that they have the space to grow. I think that that kind of fits, but then it's also like, it's like a cornstarch mush with chicken poop around it, because I guess I'm going to talk about fertilizer on every podcast. Yeah. And then sometimes I think a quiz can be something that helps you get off the fence too, right? If you're, if you're further along and interject a quiz into like further down the sales funnel, I think maybe Amy did that. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I know there's one that's like, what kind of digital course should you start? But also like, I think there is space later on in in the funnel. Who does that? I think Brie from cold pitch catalyst. That's not what it actually is, but I'll find out the actual name. I think she ended up using a quiz to help people decide whether, and she's one of our students, but to decide whether or not like the three month teach you how to cold pitch, you know, sort of higher ticket offer was right for them or not. So yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. There's so many areas like it could even fit into the sun Mm. aspect of the ecosystem which is, you know, knowing who you are and what you want to be known for and what you stand for and what your values are and and having a vehicle to put that out into the world. So I think that's like a lot of the evolution on the agency side of the business is working with clients who are at that point 
where they have proven frameworks, where they're mm. writing books and speaking on stages and they've helped hundreds, thousands of people to do something. And now they're really clear on what they want to be known for. Uh-huh. And they're ready to like add fuel to that fire, add fertilizer to <laughs> those carrot seeds. And that's really like, I feel our strength is in coming in and helping them find that big idea and positioning strategy. And I just want to create more quizzes, assessments that are at the level of like the fascination advantage and your love languages and things that anyone who's into nerdy assessment type stuff have taken and they know it like Uh really working at that caliber and with that kind of quality in mind so that we're creating an asset that's going to last for years Mm. to come. So that's sort of where it could fit into the sun part. And then it fits into the seed and soil part because through your quiz, you're building just a sense of connection, really. And the empathy piece comes from, okay, this is a starting point where you get to ask some questions that you're genuinely curious about the answers to. And then you get to look at how people answered those questions and the depth of understanding that creates with who is actually on my email list and in my audience is pretty profound. And that's just the beginning, mm-hmm. but we're starting from that place. And it's just been really interesting going through this life coaching certification. I, yesterday we had a class on the art of questioning and the, and uh-huh. really asking good questions And it was so amazing to see the similarities between one-on-one coaching conversations and what we do, the work that we already do at scale with Mm. quizzes and our clients and what they want and need to know about the people in their world. So that's helping you develop a sense of empathy. And Mm. I think it helps the person on the other side too have a bit more empathy and understanding of themselves and who they are and where they're at. And the way that we're wording everything is to lift people up and make them feel good about themselves and to help them have hope and see that there's, you know, like maybe they're totally cynical and really struggling. And it's our job, if that's the case, to tear that wall that they've built up down and, and speak some truth and help them see things from a different perspective that's relevant to them. Mm. That's sort of like where we're going. And then that's how that fits into the seeds and the soil and even the water, because the water element of the ecosystem is the ever changing nature of your market and being in tune and in touch with market dynamics and where people are at and what they want and what they need. And then, and then adjusting things accordingly. Mm. So the more touch points you have that allow you to do that, that also support the people in your audience and aren't just, you know, like fill out the survey, fill out the survey, fill out the survey, like where it's easier for them and more valuable to them, the better, right? Hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. It made me think about like, even if your quiz isn't working and people aren't going to like completion, if you can see which questions they're stopping on, you can like learn about your audience. And at least like, I mean, sometimes it's because the question isn't clear, but if it's more like, that's just like something that doesn't resonate with them, or it's like really hard for them to answer that. Like that could be a seed for you of like, Oh, maybe I could create something around this question so that people aren't so confused or so like, you know, we talk about in conversion copy, like reducing friction. You can see where friction is, even if people aren't completing quizzes, if you can see where, where they're dropping off um, and where yeah. they're taking them. So yeah, there's like, there is no bad quiz. There's only a, a quiz that's evolving. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have like a note in here that says why we're obsessed with exceeding expectations. And I feel like that is something that we we tend to like over promise and then over deliver and then over deliver on top of that when we're doing things and we'll be like oh that like we we have this like slack group for dca and we're like oh we were supposed to do it for three months looks like we're doing it for five months and instead of you being like oh no i don't have time for this you're like oh well that's on brand and so like i love that and i think this is a great opportunity maybe for you to speak to why are you obsessed with exceeding expectations shanti zach uh oh my gosh well i think it's because i myself am so cynical at this point yeah and I really don't want to ever create an experience where people feel like they wasted their time mm. or like they were like taken advantage of where mm-hmm. this wasn't relevant to me. Like that is just the polar opposite of goal. When we create a quiz for someone and the experience that their audience or future customers will have with that, what I want for them to experience is like, Okay, so they exist in this world of the internet where for the most part, most things are pretty underwhelming. Like Mm. you see an ad for something and you follow through and you maybe will, maybe it's even a quiz. And most of the time it's like, so like, uh, okay, cool. I just wasted five minutes of my life. But what we want that experience to be is like, whoa, stop me in my tracks. Like, how is this person reading my mind right now? This is exactly what I need based on where I'm at, based on who I am. It makes them feel something, even if that's just for a moment, feeling kind of good about themselves or being like, haha, yeah, I, I do do that when I'm waiting in line. Oh, that's so me. And like <laughs> just that experience of, of resonance. And I think that's pretty rare in the online world today. So that, but then also like, that you're meeting people where they're at and giving Mm -hmm. without expectation. Like there's so much talk about like, well, how much do I give? Because if I give too much, then people aren't going to want to buy from me. And like, I got to leave a bunch of mystery and like yada, yada. And people overthink that shit and they don't even end up doing anything. Right. Like, oh my God, just give people what they need in the moment and trust that it will come back to you. And that even if you have a 5,000 word quiz result with a video and like a million resources, 
it's still only going to skim the surface of mm. the depth of the work that you're doing. So Mike specifically drop. in like courses and membership models and coaching and services, like less so with e-commerce, but. I mean, even with e-commerce, if you're doing it right, you're going to learn enough about people so that you're like recommending uh, products that they actually really need and not bothering them with ones that they don't need or that like don't resonate. Like there's, you know, quizzes for like which beer is best for you. So if you find out someone likes dark beers, you're not going to start sending them like saisons and and, yeah. and loggers or something, right? Even that is like, oh, but or like, what about like six months later where, where you could send them something that like you didn't have completed yet, but based on their quiz results, you know, they probably really want this cherry smoked whiskey or something. And you can be like, hey, I know you're going to love this. So, right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think that it, I think that it still fits. And I think that is also if you're paying attention, like don't just like never look at your quiz analytics and then, and then keep going. Like empathy isn't just asking questions, it's listening and, mm-hmm. and seeking to understand what the answers uh, for the questions might be about. I, I know we're trying to keep this pod a little bit shorter than the last one to have have our listeners not think that every every moment with us is a two hour bike ride into I don't know whatever you do when you're <laughs> when you're podcasting. But is there anything else that you really wanted to impart? I know we're talking about putting together a playlist of all of the more basic, not basic, but podcasts that you've spoken about quizzes. But if there's anything else that you want, like to be on our podcast about quizzes before we before we let this conversation whittle away into the ethers and one day land in the ears of our listeners <laughs> yeah well something i don't talk about a ton on other podcasts is mm-hmm. understanding personality types mm-hmm. and Often people will ask what's the best type of quiz to create. And the answer usually is some, and it can be some kind of hybrid thing too. Usually we create sort of hybrid personality and assessment sort of combined, but having elements of personality in there is ultra alluring to almost all people. So how do we understand what the personality types are? And there's so many systems for this. And I just want to take people behind the scenes. Like when we're creating a quiz for a client, what does that look like? And then also for anyone who's maybe overwhelmed by what I'm about to break down, give you an easier way of doing this. So for us, the first thing we'll do is really get to know our client and do tons of research on their audience, on their style and their voice. And and we'll interview them and get them to give us a breakdown of how they see the different sort of segments of their audience, whether that's based on different characteristics in relation to personality, or it could be based on different interests. It could be based on levels of experience. Like really we're looking for 
factors that create some sort of distinction. Mm-hmm. And then from there, based on their explanations of who they typically work with, then we'll look at some frameworks around those characteristics because that gives us a bit more freedom freedom when actually writing something to be able to elaborate a bit more. Mm-hmm. So example, let's say we're working with a leadership coach. We've been attracting lots of leadership coaches lately, mm-hmm. probably because that's the medicine we need. And, and it's a wonderful and super interesting world. Mm-hmm. So leadership coach, we're on the call and asking about, well, who are the, who are the types of people you typically work with? What do they have in common? What do they have that sets them apart? And the answer is probably some variation of, well, I attract a lot of like super driven type A, you know, really charismatic, extroverted, driven people. And then maybe another type of client they attract is like the more quiet, sensitive, very highly intelligent, but has trouble speaking up. And, and like, so those are just two examples, but from there we can look at certain models and fit them into that framework. So Mm -hmm. for that, like really driven type A person, if we looked at the Enneagram as our framework we would probably classify them as like a type three Mm. or an eight. And then now we have all this insight available to us from that model. There's so much information on the Enneagram out there. Like I follow so many Instagram accounts just dedicated to exploring the Enneagram Mm. and, and often get inspiration from those And we'll pull from that and like that more sensitive person, they might be a type two or a five. And so we'll look at, okay, what are the characteristics of these Enneagram types? But then always relating that back to the client and their actual experience of working with people. And then also always keeping in mind that these are still boxes that we're theoretically putting people in. And we can still add back in some nuance and understanding that you're not necessarily only this, right? Mm. You are like, human beings are very complex. But if we speak to some some themes that they might resonate with and share some examples based on their personality, that's going to be a connection point. So that's the Enneagram. We'll look at that. That's the one that I personally work with most. I think probably the whole team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we'll pull in like human design, astrology, Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs, DISC. Mm -hmm. I feel like we try and like, we do use DISC often, but I think we try and take DISC into account through all of the results anyway, because like how as you were speaking about earlier, people just make decisions in different ways and DISC is a good way to sort of try and hit the different types of decision makers as well. And I feel like Myers-Briggs can be so intense that it might be a little bit much for a like 10 question quiz. Yeah, there's uh, so act- many, right? right. But the extroversion, introversion part uh, definitely, I think, can be mm-hmm. 
more accessible. Yeah, it's really fun. And it does help with the like blank page syndrome quite a bit to, first of all, of course, have been done that, having done that research into our client's audience, but maybe even more than their audience, actual clients or people who have taken their courses, because those are the people that we're really looking for from their audience, right? As people who are more likely to turn into that perfect fit customer. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I really love playing with Enneagram for sure, because I think people a lot of the time relate to it better than say, maybe horoscope or, and, and it is more like it's a, it's a self-assessment, right? It's not, I love human design, but it's based on your birth date, which is interesting and really cool. And you guys should all get your human design charts read. Um, But I feel like the Enneagram is a a simpler tool to find that connection point uh, with, with the reader maybe then, because whatever. I'm a cancer with a Sag rising and a Sag moon. So am I a cancer or am I a Sagittarius? And like, how do you hit that in like a couple of questions plus some segmentation questions or what have you? Yeah. Yeah. Astrology is a much trickier Uh to base it on, but any room seems to work well and, and it's pretty fun to nerd out on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hear that though. And they're like, uh, I have no idea what the Enneagram is and I don't really want to learn a whole new framework. So what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And the really easy answer is, well, just know your own audience, like, yeah. and use what you already know about them to create the different personality frameworks that fit within the confines of your own business and what you see coming up with people. And that's going to still be relevant because, well, it's through your lived experience that you figured that stuff out. It's your energy that's attracting those types of people. And that's likely going to keep happening. So the better you know your audience, the more effective you're going to be at capturing their personality and reflecting that back to them through the Mm -hmm. context of what you're helping them with. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. If you could leave this podcast listener with one thing to hold on to when it comes to quizzes, not to put you on the spot or anything, but what would you like to say to them? Well, let me tell you, I took so many notes in that questions class Uh that really resonated and I feel are so applicable to this world of quizzes. So I'll share a few of those with you that I, that I highlighted because they are, they are so true in this context and in pretty much every other area of your life. (laughs) So you can't have better solutions until you ask better questions. Mm. And I will quote Deanna Moffitt. She was the teacher for this class. She's really wonderful. And I think her website is deannamoffitt.com. And another quote that she threw out, curiosity and judgment cannot live in the same space. Oh, I love it. So yeah, I think that's, you know, a real secret to a lot. We've worked with a lot of really successful people Mm -hmm. and all of them are innately curious and feed that curiosity and lift that part of themselves up. And when you do that, you naturally release your grip on that judging part. 
And that's judging yourself. That's judging how you think things should be. That's judging your audience. It's judging, you know, so many, so many things. I love it. That leaves me to what I want to leave with, which is a quote from Swami Kripalu. And he says, self-awareness without judgment is the highest spiritual practice. And I think we could translate that to awareness without judgment is the highest spiritual practice. So, yeah, starting with like the end in mind, but not necessarily... uh, trying to judge and slice and put everyone into that box, letting them show you who they are um, through those questions can be really beautiful too. Well, thank you. I love Thank that. you so much. That's I'm so excited good. to get back to the work of copy editing quizzes. <laughs> um, and yeah, we do have like some more in-depth teachings as, as free offers um, with Shanti Zach. So she's got a free video course. And there is also a webinar. So we will definitely link to those below, as well as the Spotify playlist of (laughs) all of the podcasts Shanti was ever in. I feel like I would love to like sit with you and watch you cringe as you listen to all of them. Like, like I'm not gonna be I'm, following I'm that. Still podcast. in in judgment, not curious, <laughs> listening to myself. Well, we're just gonna keep moving forward, or whatever direction that is on that spiritual practice, too. Yeah, and just all of our listeners, remember that on our website, what's the URL again with the podcast and the place for them to leave feedback? I think it's just tantizac.com forward slash podcast most likely but you can go there and tell us what you want us to talk about or just really anything any feedback that you have or ideas that you have for us it's exciting when we hear from you it becomes more of a conversation between all of us instead of just the two of us and our guests so thanks so much for listening and I guess when you're listening to this, it's probably going to be really close to 2022. So happy new year to everyone. And Ah. if you're listening from the future, that's really cool too. I'm not really sure how to compute that in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys. We love you all. Thank you so much. Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shantyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.